Hello and welcome to the WordPress Chick Podcast. Brought to you by the WPChick.com. WordPress explained for those of us who get headaches when we hear words like PHP and functions, but want to make money with their WordPress sites. No boring code snippets here. Just WordPress happiness made easy. Now, here's your host, Kim Doyle, the WordPress Chick. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the WordPress Chick Podcast. I'm your host, Kim Doyle, the WordPress Chick, and we are talking about a few things that I love. One of my favorite subjects, a little bit of mindset and and how that impacts your business today uh, with my guest. I have John Sanmez on from Simple Programmer. John, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me, Kim. Yes, uh, and John has been a champ. I always got to just give a shout out to those people that put up with my crazy scheduling sometimes, so... (laughs) Thank you for that, John. Um, so your site is Simple Programmer. You've got a book coming out. But before we jump into all this awesomeness, I would love for you just to give a little bit of background and, and tell the listeners who you are. Sure. So I am basically – well, what I usually tell people that I do is I teach software developers how to be cool. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and what I mean by that is what I do is really personal development for software developers. So you could think of maybe, I mean, there's a lot of words for it. You could say life coach. I don't particularly like that word. Peak performance coach. That one sounds pretty good. But <laughs> uh, but <laughs> I really help software developers to live better lives. And and you know, I, I don't. You know, I know that's. I know that sounds a little cliche. But what I mean is that there, there's a lot of people that teach. And and I I I myself was one of them. I taught. I created 55 technical courses for Pluralsight. But there's a lot of people that teach technical stuff, and it's great. And I was teaching technical stuff, and I had this revelation one day. I was like, you know what? I'm not really helping people the most that I could because even anyone can teach them this technical stuff, right? Even even though I I, I felt felt like I did a pretty good job at it. But what about this other stuff? What about you know, as as a person, as a developer, growing up, I was a very very shy person. I was uh, afraid to talk to people. As a, as a guy, I was afraid to go out and talk to girls, and it just intimidated me. I had social anxiety. I was a lazy person. I was out of shape. I had all these kind of struggles, these demons to conquer myself, and and I discovered how to conquer them, right? And and I my career blossomed. My life became more fulfilled. I discovered this whole world out there, and I realized that, wow, you know, everything gets better when you focus on some of these other areas of life. So... I came to this point, this revelation, and and some of it came just from from talking to developers, doing some. I started off teaching how to build a personal brand, how to market yourself as a software developer, and that was so popular, right? So many developers had never heard of this stuff, and it was so valuable to me that I started to realize that the most valuable stuff I was putting out there and the greatest need within the development community was not the technical stuff as much as I liked doing it, but it was this other stuff. It was the soft skills. It was the personal stuff. It was the empowerment and self-improvement and, and the stuff that people like to say, Oh, that's self-helpy stuff, but it's really powerful, you know, if it's if it's not if it's done in the right way. So basically now what I do <laughs> is is I, I I do that is I, I go and I I work on myself every day. I try to I try to reach the my own potential, the, the limits of my own potential, and I try to teach other developers how to do the same thing. It's so crazy to hear you say that, John, because I'm sitting here and you've got your camera on and you're you're fit and you're energetic and you're person. So to, to make that transition, um, 
so I want to back up a little bit though. So when your background though, so you were in the tech space and obviously you're a developer and, and have had this experience, uh, where was the shift? What was, you know, was there a book or an author or, you know, something um, that inspired you to sort of jump into? I'm a total self-help junkie. I, 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 I read too many books at one time, but, you know, so, but it, it shifted my life. I know the power when you find that thing that all of a sudden you say, oh, there's a whole other way that I can move through my life just based on what's going on in my head. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, I always find that it's not, you know, there, I think there's, there's these periods that happen that cause shifts in your life, but I don't think it's one one chain. I can't attribute to one thing. So there, there's a few different points that I could go back, right? I could go back as young as, you know, when I, when I was first sort of discovering this, like the, the first sort of awakening, you know, I always say, I joke and everyone hates it on my YouTube channel. They're like, you're so crazy, John, with your new age. Like, cause I always <laughs> say like the, at one point the universe tapped me on the shoulder and said, Hey, John, wake up. Mm-hmm. And that's, I mean, that's what I honestly believe. Like, because I didn't, you can't, I didn't self like make this happen. Right. It was just like something led me down this path. And and, and I feel like, I don't know what force it was, but something led me down this path. And, you know, it began for me a long, long time ago when I was in high school, actually, I woke up one morning, right. I was kind of the nerdy picked on kid, right. I wasn't in any athletics or anything like that. And, and, you know, I, it just, it was, it was not a, a great time for me. And I, I woke up one morning and I thought to myself, I just had this, this, this thought, just why not me? And, and, uh, and, you know, I don't know why it came into my head and, and I, and I thought about it and I was like, well, you know, there's no reason why, why, why not me? If, you know, there's nothing different about me that I, I couldn't be whatever I wanted to be. I couldn't you know, be like these other kids or, you know, or I could, I could be an athlete if I want to, I could, you know, any of these things. And so I started I envisioned myself as I wanted to be. Like I said, okay, if I could pick the best version of myself, right, myself, and, and see who that person is, and and what would they look like, and how would they walk, and how would they talk, and and how would they present themselves, and what would they eat, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And and had that strong vision of myself, and then I said to myself, you know what, I'm going to pretend like I'm already that person. So I started playing the role. I started playing the role of this person that wasn't shy, that wasn't afraid, and and I'm not going to I'm not going to sit here and pretend like all of a sudden I just changed and overnight I was able to play the role perfectly, but. I did change and I made the change and I just acted. I I was like an actor playing the part and eventually I became the part. Right. And and I found that, you know, it's this powerful concept that I didn't know what it was at the time, but now I've, I've identified it, which I, which I call it acting as if, right. Fake it till you make it act as if act as if you've already succeeded, act as if you're already who you want to be, act as if you've already done this a thousand times before act as if you cannot fail. Right. And when you start acting as if, the, the if becomes reality, it starts to become reality. And, and it's just, you know, it, it's a way of changing from the outside in where your ex, your actions change uh, yourself. And I'm not going to pretend, like I said, this was a long, long time ago. And I still had so many demons to overcome. I still had so many fears. I was still a fairly shy person. I was a little bit braver then, right? And I still had all these problems. But but those things that that sort of put me on that path. And then I, I don't think it, it really like the next like real big awakening was probably about, you know, probably like three or four, I said maybe five years ago when I started 
getting introduced to, to marketing and, and reading, you know, I read a book that I, I read this book one time and, and I thought this is such a stupid book. I like, <laughs> I, I, I can't stand this book. Right. And, uh, it, it's called Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Yep. And, and then I, 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 as I was having success in my career, I got the opportunity to talk to a lot of millionaires, decamillionaires, a couple of billionaires. And I thought, okay, you know, the best thing to ask these guys is probably going to be what I was getting into reading a lot of books. I was like, what, what books would you recommend that, you know, and these, these guys, would you believe it? They, they, they kept on saying, think and grow rich. I, <laughs> I you know, like, uh, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> they're saying, think and grow rich, psycho cybernetics, right? As a man thinketh. I'm like, you know, the other ones, but the thinking grow rich, I was like, really? Come on, guys. And so I was like, all right, you know what? If these people are so successful, so much more, and, and they're happy too. They're not just successful. They don't just have money, but they're fulfilled lives, right? They're, they're, they're at a level of, of fulfillment and happiness way, way more than mine. So I gave the book a second chance. I still thought it was kind of ridiculous, but then I like opened my mind and it, it, it something changed. Like my, my perspective changed. I realized that, wait a minute just because I'm an engineer and I have this analytical mind, maybe there's some woo-woo stuff out there that I don't understand. And it started really changing my life. Like, you know, and I, I started becoming one of those weird woo-woo people almost, you know what I mean? And I do, uh, it, I'm a total woo-woo. So I love right. this. <laughs> and then, and then, and then one final shift happened that really put it over the edge. I think about, it was like two years ago. I, I went to, I, and I would have never done this because, and I'll, I'll tell you why, why you would know that I would never have done this is because I went to a Tony Robbins seminar called date with destiny in, in Florida. And I went with my laptop. <laughs> I had no idea what it was. Right? Someone <laughs> yeah. signed me up for this. Right. And, and I thought, okay, I don't know about this thing. And it's like, $5,000 and uh, I would never do this. And then I was like, but for some reason I just felt like, okay, I'm, I'll just going to try this out. And I went there and sat down with my laptop getting ready to type. I had no idea what I was in for. And there, and you know, someone comes out on the stage and they're like, they're dancing they're like, okay, it's time to dance. I'm like, wait a minute. I'm here to take notes on personal development, <laughs> not to hug people and dance <laughs> and high five and, and exactly. yeah. And like get my inner, change my state. Right. That's one of his things. <laughs> And, um, and in that comment, I mean, there was a lot of things that happened in that seminar, but one of the most powerful things that totally shifted my life, that, that changed the direction of my life completely, I can mark it down to this, is that Tony Robbins said something that I'll never forget. And he said that the, the quality of your life is in direct proportion to the amount of uncertainty you can comfortably live with. And that struck me very, very, I mean, it still gives me chills when I say it because I had spent my whole life building a fortress for myself, yeah. protecting myself financially, physically, mentally, uh, emotionally, right? Trying to get to the point where nothing could get in. I, in, I had been investing in real estate and, and my whole goal in life was to retire young. And, you know, I had achieved that goal and, and I was still, you still trying to build up this wall, like trying to make sure that, you know, I had enough money in the bank, even still that nothing could wipe me out. And the, and I was stonewalling people. And so I, I became really good at being numb, not feeling emotion because that was, that was the easiest way to deal with, with life was I, I'm tough. I'm numb. I don't even feel it. Right. And I, and it, that's not living your life, right? You yeah. have to being tough is feeling the pain, but walking through the pain, stepping, even though you have the pain. And so. It, it just like struck me on so many levels, this powerful message that 
you know, and, and, and I, I, I went and got on airplanes and roller coasters and overcame my fears after that because I was like, you know what? I'm going to live my life on the edge. I am no longer going to try and protect myself and and try to I, i'm going to embrace uncertainty and and say and i and i adopted this philosophy in life to say that look whatever comes i'm going to live my life and i'm going to do it and if there's consequences damn the consequences i'll take them whatever comes yeah. it comes and that's just that's a better way to live life and so there it is there's my whole life story. <laughs> <laughs> no well there's a whole bunch of there you know and i think the first part of it is being it's conscious choice, right? So saying to yourself, I, I, I remember, I mean, I, I think I got into this stuff early, like at 22 and way back when, and Tony Robbins was like the first foray for me. And then it sort of evolved into most of the sort of business motivational guys, you know, Brian Tracy, Zig Ziglar, those guys. And oh, then yeah. it shifted into the spiritual and Wayne Dyer, like just grabbed me and I, it opened the whole universal thought and all that. And, and so, you know, I, I'm always putting stuff into my head, but when you find, when you connect, when you were talking about thinking real rich and it's like, I, I read that young too. And I was like, okay, you know, connect with, uh, you know, but then you get it. There's, and, and yeah. it's, you can't really put into words, right? When you say to somebody, all of a sudden you just, you get it. Or it's like, I don't know about you, but there are plenty of times I've listened to audios and all of a sudden I'm like, I can listen to an audio that I've heard 10 times. And all of a sudden it's like, Oh, I get it. Right. And, but, yep. but you have to show up. Right. So it sounds like you really made this conscious decision to, to live your life differently, you know, and it's, it's hugely powerful. So what about, you know, what point, because again, like you're saying, it didn't happen overnight and, and again, I wish there was a switch, but I think we all have those moments where we go, I get to choose. I can do this differently. And so, you know, part of it, I, I think is, is sort of, and I say this all the time, it's just show up. I mean, go all in. But, but how did you step into that? Right. Because obviously you don't go from one day being this to the next day. So, you know, acting as if like, was there something specific you did? Like, okay, I'm going to act. I mean, cause you can't act as if you're wealthy, you're fit, you're, you know, pr- you can't right. do all of it at once. Right. Yeah. I think, you know, I do think, okay, well, it's kind of funny because, you know, I, I like to delve pretty deep into the philosophy here. And what I'm about to say is going to contradict itself by the virtue of the fact that anyone listening to this something has caused them to listen to this podcast, right? So, because what I'm about to say is that I've been using this, I've been talking about this a lot lately, is that ignorance by definition is unable to detect its own ignorance, right? So if you're ignorant of something, you cannot by definition of ignorance know that, right? Right. So you're you're blind, you're blind, right? You're blind to your blindness, essentially, is, is a way to say that. So something has to unblind you. Right. Uh, and, and so I've I have a technique for doing that that I believe h- helped me. But at the same time, you have to wonder, how did I come up with that technique? And if I share it here, just like I said, anyone listening to this podcast, is it really the technique I'm going to give you or is it that something led you to listen to this podcast? <laughs> so <laughs> so I, I, I do think there's <laughs> I think there's this, this chicken or the egg. But I do think there is an element of just you know, you know, to go Eckhart Tolle kind of, you know, universal consciousness, like uh, enlightenment, uh, awakening, like a higher level of uh, that, that I think that humanity is going through. I know that sounds really weird when I say that out loud, but I do think that there is some level that there is something that is happening. And and I think that it is that that it's just that there's you can't directly control that, that, that you can only be receptive to it as much as possible. But at, at some point, you something has to lead you down that path. Uh, but 
with that said, one of the things that I did, and again, I did this out of ignorance. I didn't know this, right? I didn't like strategically. But if you think about like what I did with that Think and Grow Rich, and I do this intentionally now, which is that because I know that ignorance is ignorant of itself, because I know that you're blind to what you're blind to, when someone's more successful than me in some area, when they have something that I want, when they have achieved something, when they have more money or they're more happy or they're better looking or they're in better shape or whatever it is, you know, maybe not the better looking, but the better shape. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that really – That's kind of subjective, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So – but when, they, when, when they're successful in some area where, where, I'm, where I'm not or, or, more, or more successful or they're super successful in some area – then when they say something, I give them more of the benefit of the doubt, even if it strongly disagrees with what I perceive reality as, right? So if, my, if they, it conflicts with my worldview, but they're really, really successful at something, then there's then I, I know that I'm ignorant of a lot of things, right? And I don't know which things those are. So, so if you really think about what that means, it means that you cannot prejudge. It means that you have to be able to say, look, Okay, <laughs> the things that I'm ignorant of, they're going to appear to me to be stupid. They're going to appear to me to be completely wrong. So the only way to discern this is to is to, to say, well, you know, you can't just accept what any fool says. But if someone's really successful, probably there's a reason. I'm not saying that there's not some some uh, jack tards out there that, <laughs> that get successful for, you know, but but pretty much most people that achieve high levels of success, there's something going on, right? So what, what, what the, for example, with the Think and Grow Rich book, I had already discarded the book. I already said, this is hogwash. This is crazy. You can't like make someone have hearing by wishing they have, by repeating affirmations and, and, and earnestly believing that they're, that your son's going to have hearing, right? You know, mm -hmm. that's, that's part of the story in the book, right? I, I had already rejected that, but, but I said, wait a minute, mm -hmm. all these people are saying this thing. It's, is it, it's, is it possible that I am the ignorant one, that I am an idiot, right? That I'm, I'm judging all of these super successful people and saying that they're an idiot, right? I'm like the armchair quarterback, but is it possible that they're right and I'm wrong. In fact, not only is it possible, is it probable, right? <laughs> What's the chances here that they're all like drinking the, the Kool-Aid and, and I'm not, but they're more successful than me? You know, you know what I'm saying? It, that doesn't mean that's always the case. You can't just like, but I gave it a chance, right? And I opened my mind and I said, okay, well, I'm willing to, I'm willing to chew on this and, and see what happens. And I, I earnestly tried it and applied it to my life and bam, I had the success. So that's what I would say is is a strategy is just to recognize like if you realize that you're blind to what you're blind to, that ignorance by definition means that you can't know it, then look for guideposts. Look for people that are doing things that they may seem really weird, right? They may it, it may seem out there. You may have already rejected the concept, but and I'm not saying take in every single thing that every crackpot says, but go out there and give give the benefit of the doubt to those people and sample what they have and actually try applying it in your life. And then even if it seems ridiculous, right? There's been, I, there's so many things in life that I have done that are so ridiculous. <laughs> I can't even describe to you like people think I'm nuts, but it changed my life for the positive, right? And, and even if, even if the reason why, because here's the other thing is like, you know, sometimes, you know, I read some of Eckhart Tolle's stuff and, 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 and that, that kind of stuff. And, and I'm like, yeah, I, I, I don't know about like the reasoning behind it. Right? You know, I'm, you know, I'm still an engineer. I'm still a skeptical, but the application of it still works. Right. So you can have something where like, 
you know, like I, I was going to do uh, or, or, you know, the uh, transcendental meditation. Right? I haven't done yeah. it yet, but people talk about it all the time. And it's like, oh, you bring a fruit and all this stuff. And it's like and you and you're just going to say they're going to give you some word. and You're just going to say, you know, and I'm like and people are like, oh, it must be a scam because it's so basic. And they charge you a thousand dollars. I'm like, well, wait a minute. Like the reasoning or rationale for why it works might be totally wrong. But it might still work. Absolutely. <laughs> and that's the thing to understand. It's like it's taking the meat from the bones is it's like people people may have all kinds of crazy reasons. I mean, I read I read to, to give you one crazy thing because because uh, what's his name? Grant Cardone mm-hmm. is a Scientologist. Someone told me on my YouTube channel and they're really? like, oh, I can't believe. Yeah. And, and they're and they're oh. like. And they said, oh, you, John, I, I, you lose a lot of credibility and I can't believe you follow that you like listen to what Grant Cardone says because he's a Scientologist. So he's obviously a crackpot. And I said, interesting. I don't have really any interest in becoming a Scientologist, but because he's someone who I admire and respect, I'm going to go pick up a copy of Dianetics and read it and see what what is in there. Because, I mean, if this guy is getting some kind of value from this, there's probably some kind of value. And I read the book, and it's a little bit weird, but there, I did get some real value from it. I'm not a Scientologist. I'm not going to become one, but I got value from that book because I was able to say, okay, I don't know about the scientific explanations for for some of this stuff, but when I applied some of the stuff, it did work. It, it it did help me in a lot of areas. It it became you know you know what I mean. So I think that's my long-winded answer to, to how to how to self-awaken if it's possible. Well, you know, the biggest thing I heard from all of that, John, is you need to be open. Just stay mm. open to half of this. And because I, I very, you know, I've read Eckhart Tolle. God bless him. I wish I could listen to him, but he makes me like it's meditative. <laughs> I could go to sleep yeah. listening to Eckhart um, or, or Deepak Chopra. But, you know, it's and there are times where I've read Grant Cardone. And so there are times where if you can stay open and 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 that doesn't mean like I'm not a believer if you're reading a crappy book to finish it. If, if it's right. if it's not resonating with you, put it down. Your time is worth more than that. But when it comes to to what is possible, you know, it, it's simply staying open. And can you gain something from a book? Can you gain something from listening to a podcast or whatnot? So I want to shift a little bit and see how you know. So in applying this to your business, because I would think a lot of people would say you're a programmer and a developer and you're pulling this whole space in that I've not seen anybody do this. Right. Right. And, and the cool thing is I, I feel that this is happening more often than not that, that marketers, that business owners and stuff are not, there's less shying away from mindset and, and beliefs and, and how you show up in your business because you can't separate them. So, you know, mm-hmm. in, in pulling this into this, you know, you have a book coming out. So let, let's talk a little bit about the book and how that all came about. Sure. So, so the book is 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 away from what we talked about for, for the most part, right? I mean, it's it has a lot of psychology in it. It has a lot of soft skills in it, but it doesn't have. It's it's not going to go out there and and be more in the what I call the land of the woo woo. It's uh, you know, I do have my YouTube channel is full of that, and and my first book, uh, Soft Skills Software Developers Manual, is more focused on the life. Right. So I, I wrote that one talking about fitness and finance and productivity and marketing and and that. But this new book you know, is called The Complete Software Developer's Career Guide. And this book 
is really designed to be it's it's like 800 pages <laughs> uh and it, it, it's designed to be really the complete guide for software developers so everything that i knew from my career that i that i know from coaching i talk to so many developers and i get i get a 50, 100 emails every day, questions from developers and reading about their situations and, and advising them. So I, I was able to gather a lot of knowledge just about the career and, and you know, and, and the success I've had in my own career and helping people begin their careers. And I wanted to take all of that stuff and I and I, I realized there was a big lacking. And, and then also from my other book, there, I, the very first section was on career, but it was only one section. And people are like, oh, I would, I would love a whole book that told me everything about my career. So I said, okay, there's not a complete guide out there for a software developer for their career. That's from a soft skills approach. And people really wanted this. So I said, okay, before I forget all this stuff, <laughs> let me take everything that I, that I knew. Let me condense all the success from my career and all the stuff that I'm learning from psychology and and negotiation tactics and uh, and discipline and motivation and productivity and people skills. And let me put that all into one big tome, a huge book, and and go from A to Z. So what I did was I created a book that it's it's broken up into five sections. The first section is how to get started as a software developer. So it answers the questions like, uh, you know, what should I do? Should I go to college, boot camp, or self-taught, right? How, what programming language should I learn? How, how should I learn it, right? All those kind of basic things. And then the second section is about uh, how to get a job, whether your first job or to get a new job as a software developer and everything involved in that from interviews to resume to negotiating the salary to uh, to how what you, how you should dress for an interview to all those kind of things should you be a contract or a, a salary a salaried employee uh, and then the third section is everything you need to know as a software developer so not not in-depth technical knowledge, but all those technical skills, what are they? The basic overview of what is source control, what is QA, what is test-driven development, what is unit testing, what is uh, continuous integration, all that kind of stuff. What's web development, back-end development, right? All of this stuff that someone would need to know at a, at a basic level, right? And then the fourth section is when you're, you've got the job, working as a developer, so all the stuff like how to deal with your coworkers, how do, how do you deal with your boss? You know, how do you deal with a browbeating, micromanaging boss, right? Uh, how to deal with prejudice and racism, right, that, that you might encounter. Uh, I even have a chap chapter for women in, in tech on, on both guys and, and women, how to, how to deal uh, with uh, with the, the issues that, that can come up. And, you know, because guys need a lot of help with that. And, and I think women are always asking me, like, how, what is my advice on that? So I put that chapter in there and just everything that you can think of about working as a developer, getting a raise, right, working on the team. And then the final section is about advancing your career. So where do you go from here if you want to, you know, maybe you want to start a podcast, maybe you want to build a, a brand, and maybe you want to speak at conferences, or maybe you want to, you know, become, you want to write, raise above where, where, you, where you're stuck in, in your career and, and how do you make those advancements. So that's the whole, <laughs> the idea was that the book should be a book that every single software developer should put on their should buy and put on their bookshelf and i and i really you know like i said it's 800 pages i put a ton of work into this because i really want it to be when i say the complete software developer's career guide 
I wanted to re- for everyone to say yes, that's that's the right name for this book because that's what it is. Uh, and so that's it's been <laughs> it's been a long project. I'm almost ready to launch. I mean, it'll probably be launched by the time this this airs. But uh, but yeah, that's that's the the whole thing. Yeah, that, that's. I was thinking it's almost like the Grey's Anatomy, right? Like you want it to be this, um, like this manual in in essence. So, in in terms of of who this is for, obviously software developers, but that includes you know WordPress developers, right? Obviously, we've got a oh, lot yeah. of WordPress devs and plugin and theme developers out there. Um, so with the with the book piece, I mean, what what made you decide to to do the book though? I mean, that's a that's a different undertaking, and and you obviously are out there marketing and 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 um, you know you create a lot of content on your site on simpleprogrammer.com. dot com. Um, so why the book? Yeah, that's an interesting question. So one of the things that I that I talk about a lot is that I like to do what I call multi purposing. And I think I coined that term. I'm not sure. I hadn't heard someone else talk about it. But essentially, when I, when I talk about multipurposing, what I mean is that everything that I do, I want it to have multiple multiple reasons for it. And so I wanted to write some blog posts for my blog. And I was thinking about creating another product to sell or some content. And I wanted to capture some of the software development knowledge that, that I had. And so I said, okay, well, you know, here's a good <laughs> here's a good solution is what if I wrote a book and I planned out all the chapters ahead of time, but I made them small enough that they could be releasable blog posts. And so I just spent an hour each day working on it. And then I released the book as blog posts for free every week. So it would serve multiple purposes. One purpose would be that I'd have some content for my blog and there would be good content that I could get email signups, you know, get people signed up to my email list. A second purpose would be that I'd be putting together a book Instead of just writing disconnected blog posts, these would all be chapters in a book sequentially that would, would go together but would stand on their own. And then the third pur- purpose it would be it would be just great marketing for, for my company is that if I have this book and it's really, really good and it's it's a huge amount of value for people, then if I can sell that book and, and distribute that out there, then not you know, you make some money on a book, but usually not not a huge amount. But the marketing for it w- would be great. And then, you know, the, the fourth reason would be, okay, well, it's another product. So another revenue stream for, for the company. So that's where I went. And I guess there's a fifth one, which is, uh, it w- would be that I'm slightly uh, masochistic in that <laughs> after <laughs> writing a book, I decided to write a, another writing a book. is like, it's the worst, it's the worst time value proposition, right? You can make a course, you can record video. And I mean, you can spend a week recording video and make a course and sell it for two or $300, right? And you can spend a year writing a book and then it's $10. <laughs> yeah. Well, again, and it's one of those, uh, it, it's uh, intangibles that come from a book, right? In terms yeah. of the relationship and the and the perceived expertise and the people that you can connect with. So I, <laughs> that, that no one else has ever put it in those terms because a lot of, I know, you know, I've interviewed a few people who do book marketing and book promotion. And, you know, I think publishing today is obviously shifted and, and anybody can publish a book, but it's so much more really one. I would think there's a journey in who you become in writing the book. Right. Yeah. And then it's what you do with the book once it's published. So have you had any, as someone who is into the mindset and, and the internal piece of this, um, any any epiphanies or, or things that have come out of doing the book that surprised you? Hmm. 
Uh, I'm trying to think what, you know, I'd already written a book before my, my, my first book, like my first real, real book. And so this one, uh, yeah, I, I was already, already sort of on, on the practice of it. I, it, it was good. Just, just to practice. You know, it's a good habit just to be writing every day. Right. So I was writing about a thousand, probably actually I was writing about 2000 words a day for about six months straight to get this book done. And I'm still working on, on pieces of it. So the, just you know the some of the some of the thought process that goes into doing that and just realizing well you know i mean the big thing too with with this the way that i worked in this book was it's a it's a 200,000 page i mean not page 200,000 word book that's a lot of words for for a book and you know it was little by little it was little bites by little bites every mm-hmm. single day consistency i mean it was something that i already firmly believe but it really shows you like that it you know, every day, the very first thing I did for six months when I wrote this book was as soon as I got up, as soon as I got dressed, I went to my computer, I set my Pomodoro timer and I did two Pomodori on the book, you know, about that's 50 minutes. And I mm-hmm. and I and when it was done, I was done. And I, I did that every day. And that's just 50 minutes a day. Right. Ended up with this huge tome of a book. And so you know, I, I guess it just kind of reinforced that for me that that I would say that, like, Every single thing, like it, it's always like you said about showing up, about being consistent. Like that's that's the key thing. Is like you can a- accomplish huge, huge tasks and, and achievements just by being there every day, just that little by little, just making that forward progress, and, and you and you get there. Yeah, you know the it, I I've talked about this on the show before, where I started implementing this daily email. I. I'm probably coming close to a year and I, for a while it was my almost daily email, but the practice of writing this email every day has totally, I, I need to do a full post and probably episode on it in terms of, you know, improving writing skills, copy skills, connection, and, and then publishing it and then repurposing that. And it's, I get responses every single day. Loved your email. Thanks. Or, you know, so it's, it, it, and then of course you can apply that, right? It is that a journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. Um, so when is the, when is the book coming out? And, and I know I, I'd like to talk a little bit about the launch process and what you're doing for that. Sure. Okay. So the book will be launching July 19th and that will be the official launch. It'll be on Kindle and soft, soft back. I don't know the exact softback price. I'm going to try and make it as cheap as possible for that launch. So it'll definitely be heavily discounted, probably somewhere around the $9 range. The Kindle version, I'm going to go crazy here and sell it for 99 cents. So I'm nice. going to sell an 800 page book for 99 cents. So it's, you know, it, it's, a, it's a no brainer in, in my, my mind. That's why I'm trying to make it a no brainer to buy it. And, and the goal here is it's a pretty ambitious goal, which is to basically be the number one best selling book on Amazon for that day. In fact, we, we have, we have bought about $30,000 worth of advertising on, on newsletters in addition to all the podcast appearances and everything I'm doing. And, and we're estimating a reach of about 1.5 million developers on launch day that we're going to be sending emails to with this 99 cent offer. So if all things go well, we may, we, we, we do have in our sites the possibility of making this the best selling book ever on Amazon on a launch. Uh, and and I think it might be at least on the Kindle store. I think that might be possible. I don't know what that number is, but 
you know, if we could sell maybe 50, 100,000 copies, if, if the, you know, if everything works out right, you know, but I'll be, I'll be happy to just, to just hit the, hit the goal of, of hitting the number one spot on, on the Amazon chart for the, for the day. Um, and what was I going to say? Oh, and, and then the best place, like, so, so we're going to offer a bunch of bonuses too with this. I don't have all the promotions worked out, but like buying it on launch day, will will get the 99 cent price. And then uh, there's a page. If you go to simpleprogrammer.com forward slash career guide. So simpleprogrammer.com forward slash career guide. That's the place to get the book. It'll have like an opt-in, I think, where you'll – I've got a ton of bonuses that, that we're going to be giving out, a whole bunch of value. Uh, and then it'll take you to Amazon or, or give you the, the the way to get the $0.99 cent version of the Kindle version or the, the discount version of the softback. And I think we'll probably have some promotions also for, for people that buy more than one copy of the book. We haven't worked out all those pieces yet. but That is – okay, so let's back up a little bit. I want to ask you in terms of – um, in terms of <clears throat> how you went about promoting, since you've already done a book launch, so you had mm-hmm. some background into this, cause there are a lot of pe- a lot of pieces of the puzzle that come into this, right. And getting, getting the book out to the world. And, you know, one thing that's interesting is, so you bought basically email drops, right? So you, you're buying mm-hmm. a spot. Okay. So can you talk a little bit? Of, I don't know that I've ever talked about email drops on the show. Yeah. So it's, it's usually not, I mean, it's usually not super cost effective because it's usually email is expensive to send to email. I actually offer, we sell a simple programmer. I sell some advertisements in my newsletter. I've got about 70,000 subscribers. And so I actually, I'm on the other end selling advertisements as well, but typically it'll be an insert into a, an email, like someone who has an email list and it may be like an ad or maybe a dedicated email blast. I prefer dedicated email blasts. Those are going to get more engagement. But we've got a few partners. There's a few big email lists. I think one of them is like I just I just wired money to Greece for Java Code Geeks. They're kind of a big, mm-hmm. big. So they've got like a hundred thousand subscribers, I think, or so. And then I'm trying to think who else we had hit. There's like like Smashing Magazine has a big list, and who else? Uh, there's Developer Media. There's Cooper Media. I think who else there was. Well, it, that, let me ask you this. So, and with that though, because your point where it's not in terms of cost effective, you're looking at obviously on a 99 cent book versus your, yeah, it's different if you have a product that's a, a course or something that's a few hundred bucks or something, it might be more cost effective, but it's also a ton of exposure. So you're kind of right. having, you obviously know your numbers in terms of what is the cost of a lead and the lifetime value, right? And And where that goes from there. Are you doing any yeah. other paid traffic? Or, am I doing what? Any other paid traffic? We will be on launch day. So one thing that we did was – so I have, to, I have to back up a little bit. There's been a lot. Like we, I spent six months writing the book. I've spent almost six months launching the book mm-hmm. to, to be honest with you. So, so the very first thing that we did as far as paid traffic because we've already done some, which was I had a cover designed on 99designs. And what I did was I ran Facebook ads on the the finalist covers, okay? And those Facebook ads showed the cover in it, and then they also went to a landing page for an email sign-up to sign up for the book. So the idea was that we were going to test the cover at the same time recapture some of that revenue by collecting email addresses and, and pre-sign-ups for, for the book. And so we, we ended up 
doing that and picking our cover from that. And so I did a bunch of paid advertising on Facebook and I was actually getting leads on the book is amazing. Like I've tried to do Facebook advertising before for other pro- for products that are, you know, hundred, two hundred, three hundred dollars. No, no luck. But for for this, we've been getting I think we've been getting 70 cent email signups. Wow. Which is amazing, right? For I mean, but it's essentially for a free book because you can get the book for free. The the, the chapters on the blog, if you want them them on the blog, uh, you know, it's it's not going to have the, the full, it's not the full like formatted everything yeah. content, but, but essentially people were signing up for that and then they get notified when the full launch comes out. And so we did that and tested that. And then I'm planning on doing a, a bunch of Facebook advertising on the launch day as well as Amazon advertising. Amazon has a pay-per-click advertising as well. So I'm not sure exactly what my budgets are going to be on those yet, but uh, it, it might depend on also how it's going and how much, you know, what uptake. If if I'm running ads, I'll probably run ads in the morning on the launch. And if they're if I'm seeing a good uptake and I'm getting a good cost on it, then I'll probably pour a lot more money into it. So with your business then, so because I'm listening to everything you're doing and, you know, you're, (laughs) you've got a lot going on. So obviously you understand, you know, development and coding and and programming and all of this with Simple Programmer, you create a lot of content. Um, You have a real solid grasp on the marketing piece of this. And, you know, so what is your, in terms of your business, besides you've got the site, you know, Mm -hmm. what is it you're offering to people? It, it's so it I would say so looking at revenue, right, that's probably the best way to look at it is it, the way that revenue is broken up for simple programmer is products is number one and products is like I've got a course on how to market yourself as a software developer. I got one on 10 steps to learn anything quickly, simple real estate investing for software developers. I have a fitness course that will be coming out, and then I've got one on how to make money from your blog and like a free course on 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 blogging, on starting a blog that has some, some affiliate links in there. So that's, so that's mostly products revenue. That's like the biggest chunk. And, and the strategy that drives that is basically all all the traffic sources. Well, I'll go revenue and then I'll go traffic source. So revenue is, is that products. And then secondary is, is advertising. So I've got a lot of sponsorships that, that I offer on, on the blog, YouTube, podcasts, newsletter. And then the third one is affiliates. So I've got affiliates with you know different hosting companies and then different products that I recommend. Uh, and, and those like, th- I think I've got like relationships with Thrive Themes and Bluehost and all, and all those kind of, cause I do a lot of blog blogging promotion. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, so those are, are, the, are kind of the three major revenue tiers. And then, and then what drives all that is essentially so that so everything that's kind of the back end where, where we're going with it. But then we've got the blog. I've got YouTube. I do two to three YouTube videos a day. So the YouTube channel is about 100,000 subscribers and then and then podcasts and then newsletter. And, and the idea is that you know, from those free sources, people get value on the life changing stuff that I talk about on, on YouTube and improving their lives. And eventually they, they sign up. Uh, their email address to to find out more to or they're interested in one of my courses i've got a lot of free email courses and those email courses all of that you know getting the email address goes into sort of a sales funnel where i'm pitching some of these other products through mm-hmm. through emails and that's that's all 
kind of automated from that point. So, so essentially what I'm trying to do is put out a ton of free content, like valuable stuff, the stuff that lights me up that I like, that I feel is valuable to people. And then from that, that big funnel, the email addresses come in and then from there they go out to the, the automated uh, email sequences that w- will pitch all the other products kind of on, on autopilot. So my job is basically to get people is to produce Into as much valuable free stuff. Exactly. Yep. Mm-hmm. And if, who are you using for email? If you don't mind me asking, I'm just curious. Oh, I'm using a drip. Okay. I just moved over from active campaign because there's all kinds of ninja stuff with drip that you can do. And, <laughs> you know, just getting into that. Um, yeah, because it just seems, I mean, you're, you're producing a lot. How big is your team? Uh, let's see. So actually my, my buddy who was, um, who was a contractor, he just made partner with the company. So mm-hmm. I'm now, uh, I now have a co-owner of the company and we had this, this, he was a, he's a cracker jack, cracker jack copywriter. Actually, he's an email copywriter. His name is Josh Earl. And he is really, really good email. He, he was such a good copywriter that we launched a product and I was like, oh man, I got to get you on my team. <laughs> and so we worked out, I was like, I will give you half my company, like, cause I know we can triple the revenue. And so we did, we tripled the revenue and I gave him half my company uh, because it was, it was worth it. Plus I don't have to work alone, but I've got him. So it's me and we, and we pay ourselves full-time salaries. So I only count, you know, I don't, I don't really count people that aren't, aren't being paid as, as, as the full team member. So yeah. My, not much, you know, we pay ourselves small salaries, but, mm-hmm. but myself, Josh, we are full-time owners and, and salaried employees. And then I've got a full-time guy in Brazil that is uh, mostly, he, he's hired as a video editor and with me producing two to three videos a day, that keeps him pretty busy, but he yeah. does like the podcast and all, he does uh, some graphic design. Uh, then I've got an editorial team that is, is sort of part, they're, they're more like a, a, a service, like a, they're on retainer, so they 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 manage the blog and manage the writers and the content, so that they they handle everything to make sure that all the blog posts go out and stuff. And they're I don't know how many hours a week that they work, but I pay them on a retainer model. And then I've got a few. I've got a Linux admin that's very very part time that runs our, our servers. And then I've got I'm trying to think here. I've got a kind of junior marketing copywriter guy that is about 10 hours a week. He's in, he's in school. And then who else is on the team? I got to look at Slack. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean, you know, I, I was asking. I think that's about it. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's, it's, I mean, how long have you been doing this, John? Uh, I've been doing this full time. Uh, let's see for about four years. So, I mean, did you, could you ever have seen this back then? I mean, obviously to a oh, certain no. extent, no, but at the same time, the vision was somewhere, right? Because you brought it into your life and you you showed up. But but yeah, I mean, it's 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 phenomenal, and I think there are a lot of people out there that that do have, um, you know, the skill set with the whether it's programming or or maybe they're doing, you know, I think a lot of my my audience too, they do they do client sites and whatnot, and so they have a really challenging time saying. Well, how how can I get there from where I'm at? And you know, it's it's getting a little bit of leverage with income allows you to kind of shift the service piece, right? Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, the the thing is, and 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 to answer your question, yeah, I had no idea. Like, this is insane what I'm doing now. I had, if you would ask me five years ago, would I be like making YouTube videos for a living, essentially, you know, and, and doing, uh, I w- this is crazy, right? And that I would have employees that are working for, like, insane. I can't even believe it. But, um, 
but uh but yeah like i think the key thing is is what i'd say is like i I did this video a while back i call it unmortgaging your life right Mm -hmm. and so what i advise a lot of people that that want to go down this entrepreneurial road which i don't know why anyone wants to it's such a roller coaster (laughs) (laughs) but you know if you got to do it you got to do it and and so the best thing to do is to you got to unmortgage your life first which i mean what i mean by that is that like your life like just to live, you have an upkeep cost. You got to pay yeah. food, you got to pay shelter, you know, whatever it is. So make the upkeep costs as low as possible and get to a point where you have passive income or income that you're making on your own that covers the upkeep costs. And then guess what? Freedom. You're free. Your life is unmortgaged. You own your life back. Right now, your boss owns your life, right? The bank owns your life. That That's honestly because you have to go to work. You want to eat. You have to, like, you're yeah. compelled. It's not voluntary, you know, to, to some degree, right? I'm, I'm being a little bit, a little extreme. But, but my point is, like, once you, I'd rather, like, not have that nice car and not, you know, like, once you reduce your expenses to the point where you you got your side business and you're making enough income that it's paying the rent that 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 your your upkeep costs that your life is on mortgage now you just bought yourself eight hours a day back to your life probably more right with the commute and now you can use that to grow your business and so I think a lot of people when I when I give that advice they're like oh well I can't live off of forty thousand or thirty thousand dollars a year and I'm like well bullshit yes you can because I've lived <laughs> off of like twenty okay yeah. I know you can right. It, it's it's you don't want to right i get that right but and then they say well but i can't do that forever and i'm like you don't have to because i guarantee you if you build just a side business on the side and you get to the point where it's making i don't know let's say 20k a year and your expenses are 20k a year yeah i know that's tightening the belt loop a lot right and if you got kids and and family and car payments already and you're already in over your head well i understand you can reduce it as much as you can but there there you, there may be some limitations but if you can do it and you can get to that point and maybe your number is a little higher and you can get free though then you're going to be able to now you're going to be able to take the extra eight hours a day and apply that to your business. And how much are you going to grow in two to three years now when you're working, you know, 10 or 11, 12 hours a day on your business instead of just the two or three or four, right? So you won't have to stay at that level, right? You'll be, you'll be able to grow it and and expand beyond that. I mean, as much as anyone can say it, right? That's the only other thing I'll say about entrepreneurship is it's completely unpredictable. You can work on something and do the right thing for, for a long time, for three months of your life and make nothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and in fact, you can get sued. You can make negative nothing. So, yeah, well, you know, and, and to your point, I, I've gone through that over the last year where I had way more overhead um, personally and in my business. And I was like, I don't, I don't want to do this service piece side of it. So, you know, in getting rid of the overhead and yes, I've, I've decreased the income as well as I'm pivoting here. But at the same time, it's like there, there's some, like my expenses are pretty minimal now, even like the freedom in cutting cable, which you can stream stuff, right? So that was really more of a F you to Comcast. Than yeah. else. Um, you know, but it's, it's like, oh, you know, it, it, it was so freeing and, and to be able to put more energy into the things that are going to be better long term. Exactly. It's, it's gold. And so, and then when you find that sweet spot of, I love what I do every day. Like, there's no like, oh, I have to do this for somebody. I'm like, no, it's it's all my time is mine. I get to 
to simply create and produce things that are going to be profitable for me in the long run. So, um, yeah, I, I just love this. So, John, I, I just had a ball chat talking with you and super excited um, about the book. So uh, where is the best place? So I'm going to have the links in the show notes and everybody can, you know, we'll, we'll make sure this is all timed with, with uh, the book release. Uh, where's the best place to connect with you? I would say the the best place if you if you like the the kind of like really unfiltered like where I am thriving the most is my YouTube challenge. Just to go to uh, look up Simple Programmer on YouTube, YouTube slash Simple Programmer, and uh, you know definitely check out the book. But uh, but yeah, that that's where I am. I am like living my life out in the open. <laughs> nice. So yeah, are you doing any live streaming on YouTube, or is it is it all produced video or? I I did a couple of live streams. I just it, it's I've been having a hard time. Like I'd love to do some more, and people love it when I when I did. Like I I pop on at like two a.m. and and everyone's like, oh, you didn't tell me you're gonna do a live stream. I was like, well, I didn't plan it. I was just kind of testing this out. So I'd like to do more of it. It's just it's been hard to. I'm so dang busy. Like I I, yeah. I want to. I need to figure out some kind of schedule. Or I have to. But before I can do that, something else has to drop. So I have to like get the book launched on or something, and then maybe I'll I'll fit in an hour a week or something and then start doing live streams. But. Yeah, well, you know, I just I just started testing it myself and and it's um it's been fascinating. It's I doing it through Facebook. I was sharing today that I had done a few this this month just for for June and my podcast downloads are up 4,000 wow. over last over the total in May. I'm over 4,000 mid-June already. And That's the amazing. only difference is live streaming. Just a side wow. note. So, you mm. know, and, okay. and looking at it and it's really, and I, I'd love to tell you there was like some super diligent strategy other than I planned it. I promoted the live stream and, and I just connect and talk, but you know, with a little bit of an agenda, but it's, I, I'm just, I was just curious since you're out there producing anyways, if you were doing it and you know, YouTube versus live stream, that's a whole other conversation, but, um, just food for thought. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely like, I know, I mean, I was shocked because when I did do the live stream the, the couple of times, like the last time I did a live stream, I think it was like 2 a.m. And I just popped on there because I was testing the streaming software and like, bam, there was like 400 people in the room. And I was like, wow, like this is crazy. And people were just going nuts wanting me to do it. So, so the level of engagement of people in the live stream, it was way more than I, to me, I was thinking, of live stream, I was thinking, well, it's the same. I mean, I'm recording a video or, or, or what's the difference, but yeah. it's, it seems like people really love it. So I, I think I'm, I'm definitely going to do it. Uh, I'm glad to hear your, that, that it was successful for you. So yeah, it's just interesting. And I just, as someone who produces a lot of video, I was just, you know, <laughs> thought I'd throw that out there. But anyways, John, it's been a pleasure. I'm super excited for you with your book and, and, you know, do whatever I can to help you get the word out there. Thank you, Kim. I, I appreciate it. And uh, I'm always, always glad to meet a fellow uh, self-help junkie. So. <laughs> Amen. Um, all right, guys, you know the drill. Just hang on and I'll have all the links to everything. You know, I'll give you a few links at the end again, as well as in all the show notes. As always, thanks for listening, everybody. All right, guys, nothing like a little chat about, you know, mindset and, and taking care of yourself and how your, how your business fits into your life, right? Absolutely had a ball talking with John. So the book is out. Go to the WPChick.com forward slash simple programmer. And even if you're not a programmer um, or, or software developer, I think there's a lot of information here that's totally applicable. If you have a WordPress web dev business, an agency, 
whatever. You know, there's just tons of nuggets in this book. I did get a preview copy and it's fantastic. So again, that link is the wpchick.com forward slash simple programmer. And on that note, you guys have a fabulous day, weekend, week, wherever you're at, whenever you're listening to this. I love you tons. And if you have not yet left a review, it would mean the world to me. Just go to iTunes and leave me a review telling me how much you love the show would be great. (laughs) All right, guys, until next week. Thanks so much.